I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and oh, it's so late for Shall We Record a Podcast. And I'm Avsinensky, and I would never spend $69.95 on a Wonder Mop. Welcome back to Pretty Good Friends, a friends podcast between pretty good friends, uh, still both alive in our stupid fantasy survivor league. We are here today to, even though we both got votes or a vote, yeah, we well, are here what, today. What you to refer to as our stupid fantasy survivor league is currently the most important thing in my life by far. So <laughs> we are here today to discuss season one, episode 21, the one with the fake Monica, which originally aired on April 27th, 1995. Obviously, uh, the biggest world outside of uh, the Fantasy Survivor League is um, the untimely uh, and surprising uh, early passing of Matthew Perry um, over the weekend. You know, obviously, there there are those who have uh, who knew him better and who knew his work better, who have already uh, spoken about it, uh, written about it, etc. So I'm not sure how much we can add. But, uh, you know, we both said that I think Chandler is the character that we identified with most and most of our friends felt the same way, um, like in high school and stuff on Friends. Right. And that was because of uh, Matthew, uh, you know, Perry's performance. Yeah, I mean, he's like he's really I think, you know, Chandler, I think, is really even more of an an archetype um, than, um, you know, just a character. Like, I think he or, you know, it's almost like an archetype that he is in some ways not maybe not created, but like really formed over the last 20 years of just like that, you know, the sarcasm and the. Um, you know, that like in- insecure, toxic masculinity. I feel like that character has become much more present on TV um, in like, you know, in the terms of like the nerds taking over a bit mm-hmm. in the TV landscape yeah. over the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, and like he was kind of like a very much a forerunner, I think, of that energy. Um, and just like, you know, always had the best punchlines, the best catchphrases, um, you know, the, the lines that I remember most from friends are always the Chandler lines. Um, and you know, he also just like, you know, a spoiler for whoever, you know, I, who I forget who we still have, but you know, like the whole, like Chandler and Monica thing, like the, the idea that like, you're going to like fall in love with the girl across the hall. Um, you know, it's like he, you know, his, his whole character arc, I think really, you know, it's like, it was, it was, he wasn't the one that you expected that to happen with. Like it was like the Ross, you know, everyone thought it was going to be the Ross and Rachel. And then like that came out of nowhere and it was like, we were kind of rooting for, for Chandler and Monica. And I think that no, you know, no one was ever really quite rooting for Ross and Rachel the same way. Like they yeah. were just kind of like universally beloved to that couple, I think in a way that yeah. the Ross and Rachel thing was much more divisive. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, you know, the character is certainly iconic. Um, Matt Perry will certainly be very missed. Um, anything else, um, that like you most associate with him other than uh, friends, obviously. I think actually I would say the whole nine yards, the movie he made with Amanda Pete. And then I think there was a sequel, the whole 10 yards. For some yes, reason, that was, was very iconic to me uh, at the time it came out. Very important. yeah, yeah, he was very good in that. Um, I I very fondly recall a, a recurring character he played on The West Wing. Um, mm-hmm. that was just like a, a really charming character, which then kind of inspired the much uh, infamous Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip, where of course it was the the Aaron Sorkin vehicle where he paired Matthew Perry with Bradley Whitford from The West Wing. Yeah, and if you remember, it was like the same time as Thirty Rock was starting at the same time, and it was like two people are making the same exact show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think like the people assumed that like Studio 60 was going to be with like, the bigger, the, the more the superior one, one yeah. like, with like the you know the cast that they were putting together and Aaron Sorkin coming off the West Wing. Um, obviously went in a very different direction. Thirty Rock being on for what like eleven seasons. <laughs> yes, yes. And Studio one of my 60 favorite getting shows. canceled like after like a season and a half and like having basically horrible reviews for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also uh, one of the things I vividly remember him from is Fools Rush In. Okay. Which was like a romantic comedy that he made with Salma Hayek. Did you ever see that one? I don't think I have seen that one. No. And the the particular scene I remember from that movie, and, and I think the idea is that they're like two sort of very different kind of people. Like she is like Latina and like, like expressive and he's like a stuck up wasp and they fall in love and their relationship, you know, has to overcome sort of their different worlds that they come from. The only thing I really remember about that movie is a scene which is sort of illustrative of what I was just saying, where they're in the bathroom together and she sits down on the toilet to pee and he like runs out of the bathroom and she with her like her underwear around her like uh, ankles like runs out to grab him to like pull him back in. The idea being like that he has to get comfortable in a relationship, you know, with someone going to the bathroom. And I remember seeing that as like a 13 or 14 year old and it just blew my mind. Like the idea that like some at some point in my life, I would have a partner with him. I would like. And by the way, that has never like my wife has no interest in her going to the bathroom with me in the room or vice versa. I, I, I'm much more the Salma Hayek character, I think, in that respect. But um, so, yeah, I remember that movie for that one particular scene, which which admittedly is a, is kind of strange. Um but yeah, uh, you know, I'm looking at some of the other movies he made in like the post friends, like he made almost heroes with Chris Farley. I, I, I remember nothing about that, even though it stars Chris Farley and Matthew Perry. Um, and I, I just can't believe that. And that came out when I was 15 years old. I, I have no recollection of this movie. Did you ever see it? What was it called? Almost heroes. No, I don't think I did. With a 1998 movie directed by Christopher Guest starring Chris Farley and Matthew Perry. Hmm. Yeah, it, that's- it's. Uh, I've heard the pop- name, but I don't think how I've did seen I it. not yeah. see a Chris Farley movie? I just can't even believe that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, he dated Yasmin Bleeth, Julia Roberts, Lizzie Kaplan. I don't know mm. their own connection. Mm, yeah, look at that. Um, he got engaged to his literary manager at some point, but then they broke it off. So I guess he. I don't think he ever got married. Um, obviously, you know, he was. Uh, he had his. Uh, you know, his his demons. As they say, I guess, you know, we were, we were always able to tell from whether Chandler was fat or skinny what was going on in his personal life, right? But it's never addressed La Late and Friends when he oh, looks yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, he gains a lot of weight in later years. Um, but, um, yeah, listen, he will he will certainly be very missed. Um, I mean, he won't be missed. I mean, I'm sure he'll be missed by his family. Like, he wasn't very present in my life at this he point. He won't be missed. <laughs> No, he'll be missed by people that that love him. Um, yeah. It's not like he was like active in anything. It's not like he was on kind of show that I'm currently watching, so it doesn't yeah, hit, so hit, hit home. It, don't, it doesn't hit home the same way for me. It's just yeah. like yeah, it makes you nostalgic yeah. about a guy yes. and you feel bad yes. for it's him. It's like it's like a player di- uh, dying shortly after they retire versus when they're still in there. Yeah, career. it's like yeah, no, it's sad, but like yeah, it doesn't it doesn't affect my life. Mm. Yeah, um, but um, yeah. Also, is he Jewish? If he's Jewish, he's allowed to. You're allowed to be in favor of him getting killed. So. Wait, what? He, is he Jewish? Uh, oh, is this a joke about anti-Semitism? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That might be no, it's a loophole. Like you're not allowed to say people should die. There's a loophole. <laughs> Jews. <laughs> it's a special it loophole. Jews. It's a brand yeah. new, it's like a brand new original thing. Someone just came up with it. Like they were like, oh my god, I thought of a crazy loophole. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh my god, that's such a good idea. Why didn't nobody think of that one before? Yeah. Um yeah, so what should we do? How we didn't start doing anything yet, right? No, we're just before we came on the air, we, we talked for a while about other things. 
Yeah. And now here we are uh, remembering Matthew Perry. Um, is it time for uh, a recap? But but first, Pearl Jam. So I, I'm going to say that that uh, tonight we're going to we're the show's going to be about friends. I actually don't know what I'm talking about exactly. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the one with the, the one with the fake Monica. No, you could do it. The one with the fake Monica. Written by Adam Chase and Ira Ungerlinger. I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. And directed by Gail Mancuso. Nice. I don't know who that is. Another Mancuso. That, I think that's a new person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, 14 episodes. And the one with the fake Monica is our first one. There you go. See, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty yeah, good yeah. at identifying yeah. whether I've seen the director's name before. Let's say good. Um, let's say good. Uh, let's say I was lucky. Um, yeah, the one with the fake Monica starts out, where else? Rachel and Monica's. And we like we kind of jump right in. It's like, I like that they did this, that like, it's like, like it's already like in the middle. Like, it's not, we don't see how she like discovers it, whatever. I like that. It's yeah. like kind of already ongoing. I think it adds. Yeah. And um, someone has stolen Monica's credit card. And Monica's like, the, the thing she's most upset about is like how reckless this person is spending. Yeah. Um, that like, she's like, you know, she's like out of control. She's buying all these crazy things. And Rachel's like, well, yeah, like, you know, or no, Ross is the one who's like, yeah, like when you're like stealing, like you've already gone reckless. I don't like, I don't know why nobody points out the obvious is that like, it's very easy to be reckless when you're spending somebody else's yes, money. Yes, of course. Yes. Like that's the real reason. It's like, she yes. doesn't care. It's not her exactly. money. Exactly. There's no consequences for her. It's <laughs> very, it's very annoying. She's got um, the maximum amount of spending. And like, and like the, the whole fundamental underlying thesis of the whole episode is Monica's upset that this woman's living a more exciting life than her. But yes, it's because she's not paying for it. Um, now, they they do imply kind of that Monica wouldn't do these things even if she could pay for it because of her naturally conservative nature. And then some of the things don't involve money. You know, for example, trying out for Broadway shows and getting drunk and sneaking into parties and et cetera. But like, um, it, it's funny because this is an episode that's both so dated and also still relevant in, in the sense of like identity theft, credit card theft, like much more common today than it was back then, right? Like um, like in in, in, the, yeah. in the early nineties, would you have to like steal someone's physical card or something, right? Right, because that like that was always the joke where people would be like, even if you told me your social security number, like I would have no idea. Like, okay, what do I do with that now? Like in nineteen ninety seven, like. So like, you were just handing out willy nilly at parties. No, I no, I'm not saying that, but meaning like it's very different now where like it's much much easier to like steal someone's identity yes. and things like information is so readily available on the internet that you could like piece together somebody's entire thing easily yes um but as, um, as long as we're uh, being old for a second do you remember yeah, the commercial just for a second then we'll go uh, back to being young yeah i might have mentioned this before on a podcast for all i know um I, I, back to our survivor league i had to ask one of the younger survivor league members what a, a piece of slang meant today i just realized i'm allowed to take off my sweatshirt and i was hot uh, <laughs> i'm still wearing my sweatshirt from tribal oh, yeah. um and um and so then this um this this younger tribal member explained to me what the slang meant and then i wrote um after they explained it i said they explained rolling their eyes like at the old man that they were talking to who had that had that explained to but um yes do you remember and I, and again i think i might have mentioned this on a podcast before because it's a very evocative memory for me there's a commercial where a girl and a guy are talking at like in a part like in a house party and then the girl like is giving her number but instead of giving her number she gives her email address and and then and then gives it to the the guy like all sort of suggestively and he looks at it and he, he has this confusion on his face like what the hell is this string of letters and why would someone give this to me instead of giving me their phone number does this string ring a bell at all um no 
No, the, the point of the commercial was it was saying, you know, the internet email's coming. Get 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 with it. All right, I got another one for you then. Maybe I'll get better luck with this one. Do you remember the commercials? This is like a little bit later 90s. This is when like Amazon.com is starting, or whatever. It's like a bookstore where like um it was like you can buy it on the internet, but is it safe? And they just keep cutting to different people's faces. Is it safe? Is it safe? Is it safe? And it's like, yes, with Amazon.com, we have security and it's safe. Do you remember that one? No, I don't remember that either. I'm striking out all over the place. Yeah, right, sorry, man. Um, I, I mean, I, you know, you're the one who's five days older than me, so <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. I think, yeah. Maybe you just got more stupid commercials out than Boondocks. Yeah, perhaps. Or just there's. Um, so yeah. So you remember the Budweiser frogs? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <no> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The frogs. Yeah. <laughs> Did one of them say wise? <laughs> okay, I know this. I know this. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so um, Chandler, you know, is, is like, oh, like, look at this stupid 6995 on a power mop. I think the, the Wonder Mop, I think, was probably a, some sort of sex toy, right? Not, not really a mop. Oh. If it was, I, I wasn't. I wasn't no, I'm kidding. No, I'm, I was just oh. because of the, the price. Um, no, but it turned out that was really Monica. That wasn't the thief. Um, and we we cut to Ross trying to, like, give Marcel, you know, make Marcel stop humping the lamp. Apparently, Marcelin is, is in a big humping stage. Yeah. And um, the most recent victim is Rachel's Curious George doll, who is mm-hmm. no longer curious. Yeah. Now, I've noted this previously uh, in our our WhatsApp chat that we have for the podcast listeners. But this um, this lamp that Marcel is humping, I have two of the exact identical sconces in my living room, which is a it's a very strange item that doesn't seem like it's, a, you know, from a pottery barn where everyone's uh, living rooms end up looking the same as we'll learn later on in the show. But it might be because I have the exact same ones. It looks like it looks like it's um, it looks like it's supposed to be like, you know, from like, I don't know, like Turkey or something. Um, here, here's where I said the message on September 4th. I just resent it. Look in the, um, in the pretty, pretty good, uh, friends curb chat for a second. Yeah. Okay. I remember this. You're right. You have the same one in your yeah, house. Okay, I, I have two. That. Yeah. I have two of the exact same ones. Um, but they have never been humped, I think by any monkeys and hopefully not my children. Either. I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a little weird for an adult to have a curious George doll in her bedroom? Is it weird? Yes, it is weird for an adult to have a curious George yeah. in her bedroom. And yes. it sort of fits like the way that they're presenting Rachel this season, but but still, yeah. Okay. Are you WhatsApping about our Survivor League again? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you promised you wouldn't turn the Yeah, back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Enough of this. Um, Leave them on red. What? Leave them on red. Fine, fine. I will. I'll tell you know what? I'm turning off. I'll turn off my I'm, I'm yeah, exiting. Close out. the tab. I'm, I'm exiting out. There you go. Okay. Um Okay, so Chandler is not comforted by the fact that it's merely a phase because Joey, he tells us, had a similar phase. Mm-hmm. And yes. apparently that has not stopped. He's still doing the humping. Um, and that's when we, oh, that's when we find out that the Curious Charge Owl is no longer curious. Shouldn't be more curious now? By curious, perhaps? Um, yeah, well, I guess it's like now he knows. Like, it's like he's not—he's not curious. He like, oh, he yeah. knows the deal. I feel like, oh, yeah, introduction right, to sex makes one more curious, not less. Um, you would think the, right. the acting here is very good. I will say because the the actor monkey is yes. Katie, I believe, and mm-hmm. you know, if I'm misgendering Katie, I apologize, but I believe that Katie's a female monkey. I, and I, so, I don't know. 
And so I don't know, but you took out you took a big risk with potential violence there. Yeah. So okay. just like you know, you, uh, even though you okay. apologized, I apologize. If, well, if it's a Jewish monkey, though, you're allowed to be violent against. Right? Obviously, yeah. obviously, okay. then you must misgender. Yeah. So, so I'm guessing. Um, no, so I'm I'm guessing. Therefore, if it's a female monkey, that that sort of the humping acting is not as natural as it is to the male monkey, right? So, good job by Katie. Great job by Katie. Yeah, that's a pretty good job by Katie. I, I mean, I don't have any other monkey humping <laughs> to which to compare it to, so. But uh, I don't think I'm going to Google that. <laughs> yeah. Not recommended. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's um, it's the middle of the night and Monica is like still just like she's just like going through these credit card statements. And like Rachel's like, what the hell is wrong with you? What are you doing? Mm, yeah. And Monica is like she's getting like jealous of her thief, that her thief is living a more fulfilling life than yes. her. Um, she's using her, her money to like do these all these cool stuff. Like she's going to plays, she's going to fancy stores, she's like going horseback riding. But, but like again, it's like yeah, because she has free money. Like yeah, if you had unlimited money that you'd have to pay, you would also do like exciting stuff and like use it to like, like you know for cool experiences and fancy and expensive things. So it's like it does, I don't really get this whole storyline honestly. Um. And the worst thing is that, you know, she has like, she's doing everything she wants, but I'm the one who's still stuck with my mother, which was like, you know, that's a pretty good line. Yeah. So, yeah, we go down to Central Perk and Chandler is helping Joey come up with a neutral non-ethnic stage name. That's uh, that's what his agent is suggesting. Yeah. And I- I'm-, I'm so excited as soon as the scene starts because the, jo- the Joseph Stalin thing, why are you giggling? Because I've also like as soon as you started talking, I'm no, I'm giggling at you. Oh. Uh, the Joseph Stalin <laughs> thing is just like an iconic friends moment. And so yes. and we've had this a number of times throughout season one where like all of a sudden I realize, oh, this is that scene that, that I've had in my head for the last 25 years. I'm really excited to see it, Wh- which is sort of you where, like I don't really get that from Seinfeld as much because I see the Seinfeld so many times. But a lot of these friends episodes I haven't seen. I mean, I hadn't seen any of them in at least a decade and I hadn't seen many of them probably in like 15 or 20 years. But yet these specific moments are like like stuck in my head. So when, when I see one about developing, I get very excited. Yeah. Yeah. So the Stalin one is a great example of that. Yeah. I was actually thinking that this is like, I think like kind of like a, a perfect, uh, you know, if this is like the, our last Matthew Perry episode, not a lot, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the week yeah. that like Matthew Perry passed, like, yeah. the, cause like this, the, the Stalin gag is like, it's, it's, it's an all time great. It's such yes. a good one. It's, it's like the two perfect combinations of the two characters and like their entire dynamic is yes. this little prank here. Yes. Um, and, and, and which by the way, we, which the Joey never has the reveal. Like when he says, do you know Joe Stalin? Like, <laughs> right. Chandler keeps set up at that point he doesn't even right. roll his eyes correct like and, every, and it's it, i think it's cool that everybody there knows like i mean obviously because everyone knows who joseph stalin is except for Joey. maybe if he yeah. doesn't know yeah well okay so the stalin thing does remind me of i have like a hitler versus stalin take yeah what's that which is like stalin killed more uh but both not fans of the jews <laughs> um but like stalin killed more people than hitler and you know, if he hadn't died when he did, had plans for even possibly, uh, you know, more terrible things. At the very least, we could both agree. We could agree that they're both very, very, very evil, right? Uniquely evil, right? They're both they're both in the top tier. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and yet, only one of them has had everything identified with right. permanently of evil. Right. The name done. Yes. You cannot be Adolf anymore. Right. Tons of Adolfs. And uh, it's like the. But, it's also just like the embodiment of being yeah. synonymous with evil. It's exactly. the thing that everybody compares whoever they don't like the most. Like exactly. whatever, even even like a benign politician. Exactly. Is Hitler, yes. No one's like Stalin. Like no one. Cares. Once in a while. 
Uh, Amir Peretz was the uh, head of the Labour Party in Israel in the mid uh, aughts. And apparently he was having trouble with Russian voters because his mustache reminded them of Stalin. And I loved this at the time that this was a story because uh, the mustache, the toothbrush toothbrush mustache was not at all identified with Hitler. It was Charlie Chaplin's mustache, a Jew, by the way. That's what it was like very popular throughout the 1920s and early 30s. And then Adolf Hitler comes along with this mustache, permanently ruins it for all time. No one else can have that mustache. If you do, it's the Hitler mustache. Joseph Stalin's big, bushy mustache. They're still wearing it all over town. So just like people still name their kids Joseph, as I you know, as I said, they still grow the Stalin-esque mustache. So for some reason, Stalin is not nearly as infamous or like just canceled in the way that Hitler is. And so it's therefore almost believable that a Joey Tribbiani type moron, um, as he's portrayed in the show, sometimes obviously, sometimes he's intel- uh, incredibly intel- emotionally intelligent, especially in later seasons. But like, it's believable that he wouldn't know who Joseph Stalin is, whereas there's no chance that Joey doesn't know who Hitler is, right? There's no chance that Joey doesn't know who Hitler is. Yes, I yeah, that. yeah. Anyway, yeah, so that's my Hitler versus Donald take, which uh, is sort of uh, uh, enforced in this episode, I would say. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that goes to show, like, that's why it's important to be the GOAT, because, like, when you're the GOAT, yeah, like, you it's just you. Like, no one, yeah. no one remembers second place. Mm. Yeah. So is it possible that 100 years from now, no one will remember LeBron, they'll only, only remember Jordan? Of course. Jordan's and is that because goat. Jordan grew the Hitler mustache? No, it's because Jordan was undefeated in the finals. Yeah. But do you remember that when Jordan had the Hitler mustache? Yes. In the uh, Wrangler commercial. Right. So airplane? he's so he's yeah. the only one that could do it. That's what makes you the goat. Goat makes you the goat. Yeah. <laughs> goat can do the goat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if there really is no, you know, there's like, like the, the, there's fuck you money and fuck me money. And like, you know, like what's the virtue? Like there's no more power than I can grow a Hitler mustache with no consequences. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, unless it was just an ode to Charlie Chaplin, because uh, Jordan loves that, uh, you know, the lovable tramp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird how it's weird how we ended up on Hitler again, huh? <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? Who could have seen it coming? Listen, An episode people. which didn't mention him at all. Yeah. Well, if you guys are going to keep doing pogroms, we're going to keep talking about Hitler on the podcast. Yeah. There, so there, how there about was an attempted pogrom in Russia? That's how true. about how about you stop doing the pogroms and we'll stop talking about Hitler on the podcast? Deal. Yeah. Okay. I like how some of the media like refer to it as like a like a protest, They're like. There's a word for protests in Russia where they search for Jews to kill them anywhere they can find them. Protest. Like Protest. you guys invented that word. You can use it here. It was mostly peaceful. Yeah. Uh, most of the people in the airport weren't trying to kill the Jews in the airport. Yeah, they were just looking for them in the fuselage. <laughs> and, and do you see they they surrounded some poor oh, um, some some man of another ethnicity? There was videos online. And he's like, No, no, I'm a Uzbeki, I'm a Uzbeki. <laughs> and they're they're screaming in the background, No, he's a Jew, he's a Jew. Yeah. Well, the truth is, yeah, there there was that same thing where people were like attacking Sikhs after nine eleven. They're like, yeah. we're Sikhs. Like, we didn't yeah. yeah, exactly. do anything. Not that the Muslim yeah. people, the people were attacking in Brooklyn, did sure. anything either. Exactly. Yeah. It's always the awkward. Place. <laughs> well, we, you know, which is why, as long as we're going further, like. Uh, it was to McCain's or, or no, no, McCain, when somebody said, oh, Obama's a Muslim in 2008, McCain's corrected him and said, no, he's not. He's an honorable American. But like he didn't say like, you know, and what, but, and what if he yeah, was it's still okay. yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 don't worry. Yeah. He's not. He's not. The a problem Muslim. is when you were dealing with like the truther uh, with the truthers and like the Obama conspiracists to even say the words. But if he was, it would be OK. As soon as you say that, everything else you say is disqualified in their eyes. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I think he did well enough in the moment. <laughs> But whatever. Okay. Yes, yes. Well, I, I mean, we would kill for uh, McCain. Also, yes. Yeah, so McCain was an embarrassment of riches as like, huh? as, a, as a GOP candidate. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. Yes. <laughs> I just I finished reading the Romney book over the weekend, the McKay Copper's uh, Romney book. I listened to him on the Ezra Klein podcast. Yeah, I, I heard it. him on several It was a very interesting thing. So, like, I mean, did he basically capture the book? He's a very interesting guy. 
uh, Romney or Coppins or both? Rom- oh, I'm, th- I'm saying Romney. Uh, yeah, they're both they're both pretty similar guys, actually. Uh, um, I don't think about McKay Coppins. Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, but um, I mean, it's it's a very sympathetic portrayal, obviously, but it's it's very depressing. And we're here to talk about friends and uh, not talk about depressing politics. Yeah, so. he makes Romney come off as like insanely naive. Um. That, that's a, that's what the impression naive the or uh, less naive than like hopeful and like you know well. this is like, <laughs> thinking that everyone else isn't just going to do what's like good for I'm their a patriotic American interest. and I'm a right. Republican and I've right. been like the leader of this right. party I ran for president for this party like you know this party right. stands for things, so right not just but he, you know but he, was, but he was he was basically completely wrong meaning he didn't read he didn't read the room at all. He was extremely yeah. naive about he is too like I don't think but, but I assume he, he thought he, he could get people behind he's him. Not, like, yeah, he's naive in the sense that he's the good guy and the good guy lost. Like <laughs> Yeah. And got li- basically no one along. Like he was basically yeah. left out and hung out to dry. Yeah. Well, uh, it's more popular to be the bad guy. As, yeah. as we've noted. You want to be the goat, you know, you gotta shoot That's I mean, right. No, you gotta shoot right. Gotta Trump shoot. is nowhere close to Stalin or Hitler. Like, no, you, know, you gotta go you gotta which go is after, why he can't grow that mustache. You gotta go after the king. Yeah. Um that's not encouraging. <laughs> Or, or anyone else, because there's a lot of people go, uh, trying to set new records these days. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, so we go back over to Rachel and Monica's place, and Monica is trying to figure out what type of class her you know thief has been taking. So she calls the studio and like, I don't know if she like gives her her name and like, can you tell me what classes I'm taking? Yeah, um, it would be. She likes to play that I'm really dumb the same way she did in the hospital where she was pretending to be Rachel. Right. Yeah. Um, you could, yeah, you could, like, you could have just said, like, what class, like, what time is my class? Like, I forgot what day it is or what time it is. Can you just remind yeah. me without making it like, oh, I forgot what class I'm taking? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're going to go to the tap class, and Rachel's like, this is a terrible idea. Phoebe says it's a crazy idea, but in a much more jovial way. It was much more enjoyable. Well, Phoebe's vibe the whole episode, she's just like extremely Fantastic. naturally high on life at all yeah. times. It's delightful. Yeah. Yeah, um, so they um, they get they get to top you know to the class and like they're trying to like watch from the sidelines a little bit and, you know see if they could spy who they who who the uh, who the fake Monica is but like how would they possibly know this is a stupid exercise like oh who looks like someone pretending to be named Monica um, and the, to the dance teacher is like what are you doing and they're like oh we're just like watching for now they're like you don't watch a dance class you dance a dance class <laughs> uh, so they have no choice but to join in um rachel's doing fine monica's like super nervous phoebe's all over the place but she As thinks she's doing great she is doing great she's the best <laughs> yeah and uh, by the way i'm on team monica with the dancing i'm terrible at these things yeah me too like me the too. ones where like everybody in the room does it and then you do the moves and you turn yeah 90 degrees no, I, and 90 got, degrees. I got i got like no skills at all yeah yeah, yeah. um so yeah um so they um they make a joke rachel makes a joke that maybe the teacher is monica because she's like a tremendous yes. bitch yeah uh, because uh, i saw garbage last time we don't do that in my studio <laughs> exactly um so everyone's like joining partners but everyone gets one except for monica because phoebe and rachel uh they, they don't what they don't play uh, inca dink they play a different game yeah. um but you know, just at the last second, like this like older woman comes running in and they're like, oh, great, you can partner with her. And lo and behold, the person introduces herself to Monica as Monica. Monica. So because she paid for the class with that credit card, she has to pretend to be her like at all times. Well, I guess when she's signing up for like a class like this, like if she, you know, she's just like buying items, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, she's probably registering the name and the name that's on the credit card because otherwise that would be. I, 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 
I guess that wouldn't be suspicious. Like you could pay for somebody else's thing. They wouldn't care, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The whole thing's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a stupid storyline. In my opinion. I don't know. I don't know if you ended up liking it. Um, but I guess we'll get to there. Um, so yeah, so Monica is like freaking out and she's about to introduce herself as Monica, but she stops in the middle and she calls herself Manana, which she says is Dutch. And then when she gets called on the fact that she doesn't speak a lick of Dutch, a mm-hmm. Dutch, she says she's Pennsylvania Dutch. Yeah. Um, you could also just have a Dutch name and not speak. Dutch. Right. You could just be like, oh, well, like my grandparents yeah. came, yeah. You, know, or, you know, I'm a Dutch descent. Yeah. Like I don't speak Yiddish. Yes. What's <laughs> Magda? Yeah, I know. That's right. So maybe like what what she says is the equivalent of like yeah. you know knowing a handful. Like he might have said like hi, how are you? Those are the three words. <laughs> like which you which she should know, right? Yeah. <laughs> if, if even but then, but then probably even if your your grandfather is Dutch, right? Like you know a little bit. Um. So yeah, we go on to Central Park, and Ross has some very bad news. Apparently, Marcel's um, humping is not a phase; mm. it's the beginning of his sexual maturity. Mm. Yeah. Um, so 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 that means that Chandler's joke about Joy was actually entirely accurate and about not Marcel. a joke. Yes. Well, about Marcel. No, but like, well, we thought it was a phase with Joey, and yeah, yeah, it's not a phase. It's a, it's not a phase for yeah. free right. Well, for Joey, I think it was a phase. Um, I, th- I think the joke is that Joey hasn't stopped, but <laughs> well, he's not just humping things. Um, so yeah, so I mean, oh, maybe this is the reason why it's illegal to have this animal in in the city because when he gets to be more than like six months old it becomes yeah. sexually violent yes um so yeah so you know maybe ross not which, which again uh, permissible against jews but no for else. you know bringing a dangerous monkey into manhattan that was probably going to start attacking people pretty soon um so you know they, they're gonna have to send him to the zoo so that he can get some regular access to some monkey loving mm, sounds sexy and um joey's like how do you get a monkey into a zoo and Chandler thinks he has the answer, but nope, he's confusing it with the punchline to Pope's in a Volkswagen. Yeah. Um, and Chandler's like, so how does this work? Like, you know, if you could get him to like a good zoo like San Diego, but like you really don't want him to get into like a party zoo in Miami, like that would be bad. Um, Ross is not amused. Yeah. And... Well, Ross, this whole scene, like when, when he walks into Central Park, his high reminds me of the high he says in the pilot when Joey says, this guy says, hello, I want to kill myself. Right. It's like such like an overly exaggerated Ross high. What did you think about the the see no evil, um, hear no evil, speak no evil gag with the guys on the couch? Oh, I don't. What do you mean? When when we come back to the scene where they're sitting on the couch thinking about uh, this, this Marcel situation, you know, like the monkeys with the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Right. They're sitting on the couch. One of them is covering his eyes. One of them is covering his mouth and one of them is covering his ears. Oh, I didn't notice that. I, yeah. I, I missed that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, hopefully one of the listeners uh, did, and they can note it in the in the mailbag in the post. Oh, and it's and it's and it's monkeys, right? Usually. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the point. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. I forget the order they're sitting on the on the couch, but it's it's see here and speak in the right order. So anyway. Yeah. But yeah, but, yeah. but they don't say anything. They just show it for a second, and it was just such an interesting gag because it's so unfriends like. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. 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 All right. Um. So, yeah, so the girls come and they're like, we found the thief. They're like, awesome. Did you call the cops? They're like, no, we took her out to lunch. She's amazing. Um, and, the, and Ross is like, what, did, what is wrong with you? First of all, you're hanging out with the thief. And it doesn't even be like, oh, it's like now you're like spending additional money to, to benefit this person like voluntarily. Um, but like, um, they're like, no, she's great. She has this amazing spirit. They're like, yeah, she probably stole it from a cheerleader. Yeah. And uh, this is where uh, Chandler remembers the the punchline of uh, 
is take off their hats, to which Phoebe understands yeah. he's doing the repulsion in the Volkswagen joke, which she loves. Yeah. That was that was a great moment. I love that as a Chandler Phoebe moment. Again, very, every every moment of Phoebe is, is gold in this episode. Yeah, she is she is excellent here. Um so yeah, Rachel and Monica's place. And Rachel is hearing the story about how Monica and the thief, whose name we still don't even know, uh, they were kicked out of this hotel. Like she can't even believe that like Monica is like doing like these crazy things and being so irresponsible. Um, and we well, find well, out well, yeah. blowing off work. I mean, remember Polly side. Right, right. Like, that's yeah. not so great. No, no, no. This is not this is not good uh, responsible behavior by Monica. I mean, Monica does need to, you know, let her freak flag fly a little, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, this is what happens to people. Like they yeah, get a little go, taste and they go yeah, completely off the wagon. Right. Yeah. Or is it on the wagon? Yeah. Like, Whichever uh, the bad ones. Like High Times, that movie. Did you watch that, by the way, the homework assignment I gave? Oh, I watched like the first 10 minutes. It was funny, but then I stopped and I never continued it. But like oh. it was like I like I sampled it and I agree it was funny. I should. Yeah. Oh, yeah OK, it, I'll try it, to... it, get, it, get, it gets more and more absurd. Um, OK, yeah, I'm very busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm very busy with work and Survivor. There's really only yeah. things that I spend my time on. I know. That's like funny. if I'm not chatting, I'm probably I'm either on this podcast or I'm working. Um, if I'm not chatting to you and you're in the league. <laughs> um, no, just kidding. Um, but um yeah, so where are we? Barack and Rachel and Monica's. Yeah, and um, uh, Monica and the Thief are going to go auditioning for Cats the next day. They're going to make fools out of themselves singing Memories. I believe that's actually Memory, singular. They call it Memories. Um, I could be wrong. And Monica, what? I'm not familiar. You know the song? Oh, it's like the main song from Cats. I, have, I know nothing about Cats. I know it's a Broadway show. Yeah, no, it's a movie. But based on the Broadway show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, oh, the movie, oh, the movie okay. is was famously bad. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, the movie just a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought there might have also been a movie in the eighties or nineties. No, 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 yeah. no. Just, no. just the one. I'm excited for Cats too. Um. So yeah. So they're gonna go to Cats, and Monica's like, "No, I'm too shy." But she's like, "If you can overcome that Amish background and still be the way you are." And she's like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "You know, because you're Pennsylvania Dutch." And Monica's like, "Right, of course." And she tells her, the thief tells her that, you know, Dead Poets Society changed her life because that movie was so boring. She realized that all the things she feared doing in life could not be worse than wasting two hours of her life watching that movie. I think great Dead Poets Society is a great movie. Well, uh, I really that's, that's the joke. Yeah. Um, and then like she's that, like, that's the zag where you expect to say that she was ex- yeah. inspired by Carpe Diem. I know, but yeah. I actually like it. I don't like that, she, you know, whatever. And Monica's like, well, then you definitely should not watch Mrs. Doubtfire, which I think is also a great movie. And I, I think I would say that Mrs. Doubtfire, I like more than Dead Poets. Mrs. Doubtfire is one of my favorite movies. So it's interesting because uh, I mean, Dead Poets Society is like universally considered like a classic, obviously. And, yeah. and I don't know if Mrs. Doubtfire has that same like sort of reputation. I remember once reading. Some I don't remember where the context of where, but it's but the, but the punchline was hell is a place where they just play Mrs. Doubtfire on repeat in perpetuity. <laughs> that know, was like the punchline I, of of this of this article in the New York Times, whatever I, it was. Yeah, and, and 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 I I and I never understood that. I'm like Mrs. Doubtfire is great. Who doesn't like Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire? Mrs. Doubtfire was great. I rewatched yeah. with my kids a couple of years ago. We we mm. all loved it. I will say it holds up like much better than it has any business holding up. I'm not oh, saying with, it's with, great with, with, with the cross dressing and stuff. Yeah, mean? like I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying there aren't things in there that like people could find offensive or that you know they don't say. The but right a lot way. better but, than you might be afraid of. Like a in. movie from yeah. like a Robin Williams movie from like the middle mid 90s. Like it's like. 
it's much better than you would guess. And it's like not even that bad in my opinion, but whatever. I'm sure people can reasonably disagree. Um, but Mrs. Doubtfire, like I think almost of like the first time in my life when I was like, like we were probably what, like 11, 12 years old when that came out, um, where I was like, oh, this is what acting is with Robin Williams in that movie with just like the different voices and different characters. And he's like playing a cat, like he's playing a character who's like, I like, it was the first time that I was like, wow, like these guys are not just reading lines. Like they're doing like this whole thing. Like that, that was like the first time that like it struck me in such a, an obvious way. Um, I also really, really love, I don't know if you're familiar with it. There's like one of those like horror movie fake trailers of Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. yes. And it's so fucking good. Yeah, yes. It works perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those things you are always good. very but this one is like... familiar. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Um, so, yeah. So we go over to, I think we're in Ross's place. And Ross is complaining to Rachel and Phoebe that Marcel didn't get into even their safety zoo that even Mm -hmm. accepts dogs and cows sometimes. Very (laughs) upsetting. And he wonders who the process is affecting worse between him and Marcel. And Phoebe assures him that the chair, which Marcel is humping, appears to be taking the most of it. Yeah. And Rachel reassures him that Marcel will get into a zoo. Um. And this is when Joey comes in and he's like, Chandler, many people are only now finding out that there already is a Joseph Stalin. Like, how could you not have known about him? Apparently, he was like this like big Russian dictator that slaughtered millions of people. Yeah. And Chandler's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Um, and, you know, Joey then's like, you know, okay, Phoebe, what do you think I should be called? To which Phoebe says, Flame Boy. <laughs> Great suggestion, Phoebe. Yeah. So are we meant to assume that Phoebe's high the entire episode, basically? Um, I think she's just Phoebe this episode. She's but, just but, like really but, but feeding into the Phoebe. she's a very specific Phoebe. Yes. Like, uh, she's and, and a delightful she's, one. Again, delightful. Yeah. So th- that is one of my things about Phoebe so far. And I feel like this is just going to continue. I feel like Phoebe is very inconsistent. Like, they, like, she can be either this or just like kind and caring and obviously those things are consistent but it's like i feel like they just like choose it based on like whether you know they're using like relying on her for a storyline or she's just like in the background so they make her kooky mm. like i feel like she's less kooky when she's given something like an actual yeah i mean both phoebe and joey i think will have like the most inconsistency in the way their characters are portrayed yes it's like when they're used like thematic as characters yeah. They're like more Much normal yeah. than when they're just like there for like for a back. But I guess probably everyone yeah. is like that to an extent. Yeah. Um, but like, like in the Phoebe Ursula story, like Phoebe like wasn't like weird and wacky in that episode. She was like having like, like you know, you know, and like and like in the you know with David, like that storyline, she was like you know she was like a little bit you know Phoebe, but like she was like because she was given something to do. I feel like they don't just rely on her just like being zen and you know silly. Um, but I don't know. So uh, Ross is really desperate. So he's meeting in Central Park with this guy. And he yes. tells so so this guy is being played by Harry Shearer. Who, okay. Uh, by the way, I, I mentioned earlier um almost Heroes the Matthew Perry movie with uh, Chris Farley. Okay. That was directed by Christopher Guest. Oh wow, okay. So it's, it, so it's narrated by Harry Shearer. So that's another Matthew Perry uh, Harry Shearer joint. Um by the way, I'm looking up why did I not know about this movie? Uh, would you like to guess what it was on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, I will say it is a 42. It is a five. Oh, that's very low. Yes. A sorry, uh, the website. Five percent. A sorry swan song for the talents of Chris Farley. Almost Heroes is a directionless comedy that doesn't even come close to triumph. 
This is a dreadful motion picture. A low example of period piece comedy with terrible production values and an exceptionally poor laughs to jokes ratio. There's a kind of, I mean, these, these, these reviews are, are harsh. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, that's why we haven't seen the movie. But so Harry Shearer here is, I, I don't, he's also obviously very famous for all the voices that he does on The Simpsons. Okay. And I'm kind of wondering is at the end of, I mean, first of all, at the end of the episode, when um, when we have the Holden McGroin line on the phone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like that's, the... such a, that's such a that's such a Bart Simpson yes, yes. joke. Yeah, and I was almost wondering, is it a semi nod to Shearer? Maybe, maybe yeah. that's not that's not terrible, that's right? Because this is like post SNL, post Spinal Tap. Like at this point, the, the most famous thing he's doing at that time is he's on The Simpsons every Sunday. Uh huh. Yeah, he does all the uh, like so many voices on that show. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. And this is as after Hank Azaria. This is the second uh, primary Simpsons guy that we've uh, we've had here on uh, Friends in season one. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, Sheer Sheer does not apply for the uh, does not qualify for the Tom Selleck Club, obviously, right? <laughs> obviously. Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. Where's Richard? Your boyfriend is so cool. Really? Yeah, he let us drive his Jaguar. Joy for twelve blocks. Me for fifteen. Wow. <laughs> He must like you the best. Okay, so he is trying to sell Ross on what he refers to as an interactive wildlife experience, hmm. uh, which we are going to learn is uh, somewhat of a euphemism, I would say. Yeah, but but Ross seems quite uh, unaware for the whole. Well, thing. yeah, he, it takes him a little. Stupid. Yeah, he doesn't really understand. He's not reading between the lines of his questions. There's not a lot of lines bet- uh, between which to read. But... He asks him, "Is he capable of holding a small object like a yeah. blade or a hammer?" <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, why would he need a weapon? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, if he's ever facing off against like a jungle cat or something with horns, yeah. it would be cruel to not give him a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, I mean, you, you can't say that this Dr. Baldahar doesn't have any morals. Yeah. Um, and Ross is like, oh, my God, what have I got myself into? And then relief comes. Joey and Chandler come running in to let Ross know that they got the call and Marcel got into the San Diego Zoo. Now, I have a huge problem with this scene. I wonder if you know what it is. Well, I mean, there's many. One is that Joey and Chandler just wander in with Marcel on their shoulders, which, right, even though the show acknowledged it was a crime to have this monkey in the city and that if you did so, you could go to jail. Right. So Um, that's one annoyance. Yeah. Where Um, are we supposed to believe the call was placed to? To, you're saying. Yeah. They called Joey and Chandler's place? Yeah. Why did Joey Chandler know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ross says to the uh, San Diego Unless Zoo, maybe they were at uh, Ross with, 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 with Marcel. Maybe that actually answers it if he came in with Marcel. They're babysitting Marcel while at Ross, Ross is having At Ross's, maybe. But then, uh, but then ostensibly, the reason Ross has to have the meeting without Marcel is because Marcel, uh, when he's meeting Baldahar about Marcel's future, is because... Marcel can't be out at Central Park, so then why would Joey and Chandler both come right. with Marcel? Yeah, the irony is that he one probably back is that Ross probably didn't want to bring Marcel to the meeting because he was afraid like he would like start humping things and like the guy wouldn't want him. But in, really, oh, the guy would have been yeah. like, "Ooh, great fighter! Like he, he I, I'll pay you triple." Nice aggression. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. offered. He tells yeah. him that if he, if he lets him in, he's making a big mistake with San Diego. If you give him to me, then I'll start him off against a blind rabbit and give you twenty percent of the gates. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, that's not a bad deal. Yeah, pretty dark. Oh, uh, do you think here. there's a tamale salesman there? Um, is that from um, Little Jerry? Yeah, tamale. All right. Okay. All right. Stop All right. the fight. 
No. Got it. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot that part. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Back to Manana's. And um, Rachel's clean. It's like roll, roll reversal, right? Rachel's cleaning up. Monica's stumbling and drunk. And Rachel, yeah. um, Rachel was like yelling at Monica. I mean, and the for- apartment is a disaster. Yeah. And Rachel is like, you didn't tell me that you were staying out late. And Monica's like, well, yeah, well, we just had the greatest time. Me and Monica, we went to like this, you know, we crashed this embassy party. We were like, we were drinking, um, we were drinking, we were having a merry old time. She's like now drinking out of the faucet. And she's like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna like blow off work again tomorrow. I'm just having too much fun. And the credit card company calls at that exact moment to let them know that they've caught the thief. Cut to- And of course, a credit card company Right, the credit card company, of course, is the ones to call you to tell you the thief has been arrested. That's yeah, how it works. Yeah, I mean, they should. I'm surprised they didn't call Joey and Chandler yeah. to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she goes to jail, and Mona, mm-hmm. uh, Monica is very surprised to see her, fake Monica. And she's like, how did you know to come here? And she's like, well, the police told me because I'm the real Monica Geller. And mm, she's shocked, but she's like, just want to let you know, I didn't turn you in. I, I had nothing to do with it. I like you. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's like, I don't know how I'm going to have fun now. And she's like, no, just go back to like your repressed Amish background. That's probably suiting you well <laughs> anyway. Um, and she's like, actually, I'm not Amish. She's like, then what makes you the way you are? Um, I guess just, just Monica. Monica. Yeah, just Monica. Yeah. Um, so Monica heads back to the dance studio. She's, you know, nervous to go on in and, you know, the, the dance teacher again is just like, what are you doing? Stay or leave. And Monica's like, I'm staying. And she goes for it and she's not doing it well, but at least she's doing it. Yeah. And by the way, it really annoys me when she says she's in, she leaves her bag directly blocking the doorway as she goes to join the dance class. Yeah. Which was a, uh, a poor job by Monica. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah, we go off the airport to uh, see off Marcel. Mm. Everyone's and we there. And see the old TWA terminal at JFK, oh, which is always nice to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, Phoebe, you know, Phoebe gives him a, co- a poem. Um, Chandler mm. tells him that there's going to be a lot to learn, not just hot babes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Joey has nothing to say, so he just tells him that he's hungry. And yeah. Rachel gives him a stuffed toy, so he has something to do on the plane. And, yeah. and, uh, and Monica, why is Monica not at the big Marcel send off? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. That's not really because she went to also, she went to prison instead. Yeah. Did you notice the lapel pin that Ross is wearing in this scene on his jacket? Um, yes. Uh, it's, I, somebody sent it in from the postman, but I did oh, not yes, notice it on my yeah. own. So I won't take credit. OK, it's a banana. It's, correct. Yes. <laughs> Which is um, hilarious. Amir sent it in. <laughs> yes. A banana lapel pin for a. Uh, for our friend uh, Ross over here. Yeah. Um, so Ross wants, you know, where, a final where would you even buy that in 1994? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Ross wants his like, you know, last moment alone with Marcel mm. and he's trying to say goodbye. But Marcel is just like he's a monkey. Like he doesn't like he doesn't understand that this is the last time he's going to see Ross. He doesn't understand the stakes of the situation and he just wants mm. to hump. So yeah. you know, who can blame so, him? T- to be fair, you know, uh, even if it's his last time, maybe all the warriors he wants to hump. Right. One last time yeah, for the one road. One last time, right. One for the road. Yeah. Um, and Ross just like can't deal with it anymore. He's just like, just take him. And everyone's very sad as Marcel is carried away. Except for me. Mm. Bye bye, Marcel. Yeah. So 
like how long did Ross actually have Marcel in his life in real time in the world of the show? I'm going to say three or four months. Yeah, that feels right. It's like, yeah, it's like the, the, the season's like half a year and this was like half the season. Yeah. And, and, I, and I understand that people get close to their pets. And I'm not disputing any of that. But like the way Ross is carrying on for a monkey head for three or four months. And I guess it's sort of indicative of the low point of his life that he needs a relationship or something, because like he's a little bit too upset, I feel like. Yeah. Um, what I'll say is I think it's indicative of how horrible Marcel loomed in my, you know, my imagination and my memory of this show that like, I thought like Marcel is going to be around for much, much longer yes, in my head. Yes. I was so, so shocked when he left in this episode. I'm like, well, he's obviously coming back because of the way I've described I it. He's going to be here till like season four. Yeah. I, I like, I remember him being much more prevalent and much for a much longer time. I think he does come back at, at some point in like an episode or two. But I think he's. I think we're basically done with Marcel, which is a delight. But like, I for some reason I thought he was like goes to like season three, and there's like all sorts yeah. of stuff with him. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I, I hope we're done with him. Um. I'm not gonna look. I think he does return at some point, but I think this is the main goodbye. So yeah, we talked already about the uh, post closing scene where um, Joey goes for his Shakespeare audition and he does the Holden McGroin, which is I would say kind of a a weak ending to. To a little bit of a weak episode, but yeah. um, let, let, we'll, we'll get to that. Let's. Oh yeah, he's my, he's my best friend. Let's start yeah. with the best friends. I'll go. I'll go first here today. I will say, none of the core six deserve it. Um, yeah. and you know, there's only four other speaking roles, and I'm not rewarding fake Monica, uh, who I hated. Um, Doctor Baldahar's he's a bad guy. He's not a best friend. The acting teacher is entertaining in her toughness, but I don't quite think she's done enough to deserve it. And then there's that male actor with the one line at the end of the episode who I don't even sure why he's there. And so no character in the episode deserves it. I'm going to give the best friend to the San Diego Zoo. <laughs> it took Marcel off our hands. Oh, and smart. I, I like say, it. On Nob's part, good riddance. Good riddance to bad monkeys. Yeah. Um, For my best friend, I'm just going to go uh, <laughs> sentimental. And I'm going to say my best friend is Chandler Bing. Mm, um, okay. Because, uh, you know, Matthew Perry is no longer with us. And that is sad. And, you know, Chandler, we said he has the, the, the iconic storyline in this episode. Um, he has another, a few other great lines, and there's really no one else who like I felt yeah. like I'm overlooking here to give this to you know throw one to Chandler. So, so be it. Chandler Bing is my best friend. Yeah, sure. And, and he always will be. What about your fucking asshole? You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. Uh, my fucking asshole is that uh, fucking asshole of a dance teacher. I'm gonna say, no. you know, like you know, not everyone wants to just like dance. You know, you you could kind of, she could put her toe in the water. She can you know get you know figure out if she wants to be there. Don't be so aggressive, dance teacher. I don't care for your style. Yeah, I'm going to give it to the Dr. Baldahar. Like he was trying to recruit Marcel into some underground animal fighting ring. And you know, that's that's not great. I think that, again, the the romantic way in which Ross says goodbye to Marcel in the very emotional way that, you know, he's uh, he's very upset, obviously. I think we kind of have to think about like and especially with all the humping was was Marcel basically um, Ross's boyfriend in this episode, uh, in this, in this uh, segment of the season. And, and and if so, do we have to compare him to Alan? Is that what you're saying? Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. And this is what I'll... <laughs> so I think Alan will become the yardstick against which all future boyfriends will be measured. Marcel, um, like Jerry with the heiress to the O'Henry Candy Bar fortune, is just in it for sex. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's not great boyfriend material. Uh, the no. curious George doll, on the other hand, can't really give consent. So also a terrible partner, um, especially for a single-minded monkey like Marcel. And so um, I will say that Marcel is not a great boyfriend. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Worse than Alan. Yeah, I say worse than Alan. Yeah. 
right. would definitely rather date Alan than date Marcel. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. Notwithstanding anything I Googled or didn't Google tonight. Should we do eggplants and uh, steaks? Sure. Okay. Why it's dinner for six, five steaks, and an eggplant for BB. You want to go first? Um, yeah. Um, I will say, you know, I'll, I'll give two to Chandler, my best friend. Um, I'm not going to go crazy here just because he died. Um, <laughs> great lines. Um, the Joseph Stalin prank was classic. So two to him. Um, I'll give one to Joey. It's really more for uh, Matt LeBlanc. Just like the, the, the way he plays. The, 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 like I'm kind of giving just three points to this uh, storyline. And, you know, two to Chandler for running it. One for Joey for going with it. Um, and then finally, two to Phoebe. We talked about her just like overall greatness in this episode. The other great moments, the dancing, the, um, you know, you're acting crazy, Monaco. And she does like that whole spiel. Um, so I'm going to Phoebe, two Chandler, one Joey. And I plan, of course, goes to Ross um, for losing Marcel, but hopefully going forward. Maybe he'll regain. Maybe he'll uh, pick up a new best friend. Mm, yeah, for me, it was really tough um, this episode to figure out the stakes and the eggplants. Monica thanks her robber, which is like classic Stockholm syndrome. I have to give you an eggplant for that. That's just like, yeah, that's yeah. I you know I, I I didn't even think of that. That's that's pretty good. But you know, yeah. I'm stuck with what I've done. Yes, uh, Ross must be deep in the negatives with you. Uh, Rachel, like, what does she actually do this episode? She doesn't really do anything. I can't give her anything. Um, Joey, just the gullibility with 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 this with this with the joseph stalin i you, you can't get a steak when you're that gullible i'm sorry so um let's Disagree. get to let's get to our guy chandler he gets a steak for tricking joey into adopting the stalin name um he also gets a steak for being the one who tricks uh joey into a holding the groin at the end of the episode which i mean i assume that's chandler although we don't know on air so uh, i give him two steaks the same way that you do um phoebe is also gonna get two stakes for me just the way that she dances to the beat of her own drum literally i love it i love her vibe in this episode uh phoebe's killing it so two for Chandler, two for phoebe and then ross i'm going to give a speculative stake okay so uh l- let me explain what is a speculative stake so did he do anything in this episode to earn a stake not really but by getting rid of marcel he can now focus more fully on getting Rachel, which hopefully he'll do soon, which, spoiler alert, we know he will do soon. And so it is uh, Rashid Smichat Rachel Atenu. It is a step in the right direction. Uh, no one will get that except for you and like our four listeners. But anyways, uh, yeah. so, so Ross gets a stake because hopefully uh, things are turning around for him, even though they have not really done so yet. Okay, it's it's only when you see the monkey dancing through the temple that you should start to laugh because, you know, things can only get better from here. Okay, so now we are um, we're twenty episodes in, really twenty one, but like twenty grades. Um, should I tell you what? Oh, your... we updates of stakes. Yeah, why don't we do an update? Sure. You know, yeah, we're, as we, we're closing in towards the see what you know. We want to know where we are going into pole position for you know the season one final standings. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, um, now, what I will say is that I believe that my numbers are wrong here. So why don't we save this? Uh-huh. Um, and I'll have to fix this because we have different total. We have different amounts. How did this? Happen? Didn't this happen once before? Also, yeah. Um. All right. I'll Is have it to, possible I'll, it's I'll, rounding because there were some halves and then the yeah. columns just. We'll have to speak, I'll I'll have to speak to producer Kyle about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> get in here, Kyle. Where yeah. are you? Yes, Mister. With Kyle's help, we'll get that chicken or that monkey. Uh, we'll get that monkey. Your flies um, open. All right. All right. Let's go to the postman. That Shall we? Postman. Postman, come here. Tell the neighborhood. I guess there was some screw up at the damn post office. <laughs> To tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the U.S. Post Office? No, more like U.S. Lost Office. <laughs> what are they, Irish? Hashanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! Tonight's the night. It's Postman Night. Mm. Halloween. 
Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, You're a lousy I, Jew. Yes, I, I I referenced that scene um before before our tribal council videos. I was at my uh, back to school uh, open house for my kids' school tonight, right. and and they were complaining about various shenanigans being done by teenagers, and so um and and, and so I referenced that scene, and unfortunately nobody there had seen Curb. It was very sad, but anyway, it's very good. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I yeah. told I told it to a bald person actually. I asked him if he felt that bald people are people. Mm-hmm. He, he said kind of, kind of. Yeah. Um. Okay. So but I, asked, gonna... I said oh, baldy. No. Is baldy a hate crime? I did ask him that. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Uh, <laughs> he said as long as you don't call me a dirty Jew, which actually is pretty close to what um what a, a lousy Jew. But and he yeah. didn't know that. Not a curb watcher. So that actually worked out nicely. Very cool. Um, okay, let's start off the postman with Mr. MJC. Hmm. Um, I moved not him to the top. Di- of, not a dirty I, Jew. I moved him to the. I moved him to the top of the postman. Here's the rule going forward. Yeah. From now on, if you if you get voted out of the Survivor League, well, stop. Me- <laughs> and you and you write in to the postman in the following week, you'll go in the first spot of the postman. Okay, you get to bat lead off as a. Uh, That's poor, right. You get to bat lead off, as, as a you know, it's a token of our appreciation. Okay, for- so so Devin. Has an opportunity for next yeah, week. If you write in, he, he goes first. And yeah, yeah. Either one of them. Yeah, Sam or Devin, both write in. You'll go first. If you both write in, then um, I guess mm. we'll have to figure that out. Interesting, yeah. But I don't think it's been an issue yet. Yeah, and neither of them haven't written both. Yes, yes. Maybe they'll hear about this, though. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we wish both of them well. Fun. Mm. It was fun having them. And uh, hopefully it'll continue to be fun without them. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so MJC says, I loved Matthew Perry. Friends Matthew Perry. The whole nine yards Matthew Perry. Scrubs mm. Matthew Perry. Mm. All right. Murray. Um, Studio 60 Matthew Perry Ron Clark story Matthew Perry Nobody sold a joke like him His SNL was memorable with the sarcasm class One of the most quotable one of, one-off sketches in the 90s This episode was fine Force takes to Chandler Eggplant to Manana Best friend to Rachel for being a natural tapper And trying to be the voice of reason With the whole Monica Manana of it all Fucking asshole to Dime Store Martin Short For being a monster Giving the episode three monkey humps um let me go just add that to our chart because he actually wrote that in late so i didn't get to record his score we don't want to miss it when we do the official you didn't have monkey humps as a uh, category i think yeah yeah no but i have to i I have actually i already set up in my spreadsheet like it automatically converts monkey humps to moot points oh what's the right what's the uh, conversion i don't know it's like a whole formula it's a formula yeah yeah yeah. no i just i just it's like a preset whatever it is it's yeah Yeah, it's like you just like euros to dollars and just know it figures it out yeah um Okay, next up is Amir Bednar. She says, I mostly enjoyed this episode, although I'm not sure that's the consensus. The Bizarro Monica was fun to see, but I legit LOL'd at the Joey plotline. Both him and Chandler really delivered this episode. Plus, losing Marcel is some real addition by subtraction. Overall, I give it a three and a half. A few notes. If you're stealing a credit card, wouldn't you only buy things where you can pay and then not stick around? Very true. Why in the world would you pay for classes at the new school and then show up week after week? Of course, she got caught. She's basically well, because- one. Yeah. Well, because be- she knows because she knows that she was stealing from someone who was going to allow her to continue to do it because she wanted to track her life. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, guess. Her. I guess. Yeah, she anticipated yeah. that. She's, he says she's she's basically one step above the wet bandits. Yeah, no, she, she's a, she's a very bad criminal. Um, 2023, he says that he feels like people would get upset that the show is making light of identity theft. Maybe they added a little the more, you know, after the episode. <laughs> um, and then he sent in the banana pin. Who will not wear the banana pin? Yeah. Okay, Zach Louis says, I've mentioned before that I only watched, started watching Friends because you guys selected it. That means I've only seen 21 episodes of Matthew Perry's work. I feel strangely guilty about being upset by his passing. It feels like I haven't seen him enough to earn that small amount of sadness. Still, I've enjoyed seeing how much he and the show have meant to people over the last few days. 
I was much higher on last week's episode compared to the consensus rankings. That won't be the case this week. This episode just didn't make much sense. Real Monica is obsessing over fake Monica doing all this cool stuff and why she doesn't do any of the things. Presumably the reason is because she isn't paying for any of it. The idea that you'd become friends with someone who stole your identity is absurd, even by sitcom standards. I agree. I hate this storyline. The other main storyline is with Marcel. I enjoy treating finding a zoo like applying to college, but I believe you guys have said that Marcel's tenure extends past season one. So we thought, but we'll see. <laughs> Consequently, this goodbye didn't have as much as an impact. Oh, so now we ruined it. We ruined the show for Zach. Um, I think, I think, yeah, we might be done. I'm not sure. I might've messed up, but do you, do you remember differently or you're just going based on my memory for that? I think based on what you, I I thought you explicitly looked it up and he stuck stuck around till season. I I said, he's not around for long. You said, Oh no, you looked it up and I thought you confirmed he's uh, around to season blank or something. Well, I think he does come back later. You thought he was continuously until then. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably what happened. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Who cares? Um, so yeah, but all right. So now I, I ruined the episode for Zach. So maybe his yeah. his uh, his rating is going to be uh, wrong now. But so be it. Um, so yeah. So the other main storyline is Marcel. Right. He like he liked the zoo. Um, of course, maybe this is actually the last of Marcel. But I can't say I'm going to miss him either way. A lot. Also, we know that Lost isn't allowed to have Marcel. So what vet is he going to? Are there animal vet privileges that ensure even illegal pets get treated? Pets are not illegal. These questions are mainly rhetorical. I don't actually care. 1.3 moot points. Best friend is Rachel. I don't know. Somebody has to be the best friend, so I'll just default to the always charming Rachel. Fucking asshole is fake Monica. A lot of candidates for this. The animal fight guy, the dance teacher, Stalin, but I'll go with fake Monica. She seems fun, but her plot line sucks. Five stakes to Chandler. Chandler is the only character that made me laugh in the episode, and these stakes are my infinitesimal tribute to Matthew Perry. Eggplant to Monica. Thanks, as always, Zach Louie. Good email. Good email. Great email. Let's say great. All right, Kyle King. I have to start out my postman with remembrance for Matthew Perry. Chandler Bing was a pivotal TV character of my youth here, here, and probably had the largest impact on my sense of humor growing up. The sarcasm, quick wit, and self-deprecation was hilarious and wouldn't have been the same from any other actor. So thank you, Matthew Perry. You had an impact on me and countless others. Rest in peace. As for the show proper, I loved this episode. I thought it was hilarious throughout, even the Marcel story of trying to get into zoos. Chandler convincing Joey to go by Joseph Stalin was very funny especially with the facial expressions. I'll give the line of the episode to Monica, though, with water rules. Just crack me up for some reason. Although I was very bothered that she turned on the hot water when drinking from the sink. She would have been scolded. 4.1 news. Jim Crumley writes, Stalin, how do you fit a Pope in a Volkswagen? 1.7 moose. (laughs) That's the holy email? That's the holy email. Best (laughs) friend Chandler, fucking asshole, the jacuzzi. Oh, boy. And the eggplant goes to Matthew Perry. Down the hatch rules apply. Five stakes for Chandler. Mm. We go now to Zach Brooks, who says Mrs. Doubtfire is much better than the Dead Poet Society. All the stakes for Matthew Perry this week. The Stalin scene is iconic. Really crazy timing to lose him and his memory. We'll add a new lens for the rest of this podcast series. I wonder if it would be good to have the Chandler Mount Rushmore and build it and revise it as you go through the series. What does he mean by that? Let us know what you mean by Chandler Mount Rushmore. I don't understand. Is it like four, like best? Maybe the best episodes, moments. That best moments, best episodes. Yeah. yeah, tell us what you mean by that, yeah. and we will then consider it. it. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll probably just do it. Like we don't. Who cares? Um, even if it's bad. Um, eggplant for Marcel's eggplant. Mar- Marcel the shell with the sh- with the eggplant on. Three point five, but fake Monica was an inspiration. And finally, we turn 
to Olin Allen, who says, well, let's start with Matthew Perry, the member of Friends that made you know it was meant to be, at least partly, a comedy. The funny one is a child you yearn to be. Outside of that, he had his well-documented problems, but did seem to do great work in promotion to aid fellow addicts and do a lot of advocacy work. I did see that he, um, he, he had like some quote when, from when he was still alive, obviously, where he said that like, he knows that like the first line of his obituary will be um, friends, but like he wishes it could be about like, you know, like his real friends and the people that he helped. And obviously it's not what it is. It was still friends. Um, but you know, he was, he, he really wanted people to remember, you know, that stuff more than what he did for a living, um, was uh, something I saw said about him. So, um, may need to get a copy of his memoir, but would have had to be an original edition without all the Keanu stuff edited out. Don't know what he's talking about. You know what he's talking about? What? I don't know what the camera stuff is, though. Yeah, me neither. All right, on to the show. I like pretty much the whole core size here, which is unusual. Core size. Seems to be farewell to little Marcel. Loved you, man. The most excited I got during the episode was when I felt Rachel's fellow waitress at Central Park was finally getting a spreading line. But no, herself and the ever-present Gunther still to speak. I was getting a speaking line. He wrote spreading. Um, stakes. One goes to Joseph Stalin for reviewing ways to improve his career and getting some good punch-down lines on Chandler in... One to Monica for having a fun time for herself and one to Rachel for looking out for Monica and providing a nice fluffy buddy for Marcel. And I almost feel like giving almost everybody a stake, but Phoebe deserves two. Was acting great, a great dance partner for Rachel, strong support for Ross and Marcel, and really jived with Chandler's popes in a limo joke. Seemed to be on hand for practically everyone. Sorry, Chandler. Eggplant goes reluctantly to Ross. Soft eggplant has not been too bad this episode, but did leave Marcel go easy. And the best friend is the lighting director. Some nice atmospheric night time shots in the apartment to open up. And the Chester lamp that gets humped. Fucking asshole was that zoo maniac played by Harry Shearer was just irritating. Seemed to be a waste of Shearer. Needed a character a bit more fleshed out of some subtlety. And he gives the episode 3.2 moves. This is all a moo point. Huh. A moo point? Yeah, it's Moo. All right, well, uh, how many Moo points are you going with? Um, I am going to go um, not very high. I am going to say that this episode is 1.5 Moo points. Um, I'm going to make it my lowest episode of the season so far. I really, I just like, I just can't, the, the, I can't get over to how stupid the main storyline is. Um, it's just completely nonsensical. Um, I'm glad that we're getting rid of Marcel. So I guess like that's one way to look out of it, but it's like, it's still like a Marcel heavy episode. So like that doesn't help me this week. Uh, maybe it'll make, you know, the ick, the ick factor might be automatically five moves as a result. Um, the ick factor is a, a very good episode, um, but um, fake Monica is not um, 1.5. And uh, that's how I feel about that. Mm, yeah. Amir said he wasn't sure if it was the consensus when he went to say that he liked it. I'm even more strong than you here. Um, it's oh, my no. least favorite episode so far. Other than the memorable Joseph Stalin line, what happens? Marcel, who he never cared for, leaves. The Monica storyline is moronic. This episode sucks. I'm not even giving it a moo. I'm giving it a mo. That's less than one full moo. I will give it 0.8. That's that's the mo. Wow. Oh, 0.8. Wow. So you're, you're giving yourself now a lot, a lot of room. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. I, I don't, I, I, you know, hopefully there's no episode that I uh, dislike nearly as much as this one. It was just dumb, I thought. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see if we get to season nine because I'm sure there'll be some candidates then. If we <laughs> yeah, it's great because I just I don't remember this show like nearly as much as Seinfeld, so I have no idea what's coming. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> All right, next week 
the one with the ick factor, which you already spoiled moments ago. Well, I said um, that it's a good one. Yeah. Um, this is an ep- I don't remember what it is about at all based on that title. Yeah, I have actually already seen it. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so so don't tell me yet. But um, so do you, so. This episode aired and then, you know, on Thursday night and then that night going into the weekend was like a crazy sports weekend. I mentioned it before. Should I discuss it next week's episode? Should I discuss that now? What do you want to do? No, let's do it. It's, it's, it's the same as next week's episode or is this it's, week's episode? It starts uh, the episode next week's episode airs May 4th and it's the, May 4th, May 5th, May 6th. Yeah. So let's save it for next week. Okay. All right. So yeah. we shall discuss it. We'll talk week. about it. Bo Bayom. Yeah. All right. Okay. So then uh, Ick Factor it'll be. And that's it for me. Uh, All right. Good night. Bye. Let me just say something, because once we get into this, I'm going to get all uncomfortable and probably make some stupid joke. I just want to say that I I love you. And I'm going to miss you. And I'm so sad that you're leaving. Oh, you know what? Let's not say anything else. I love you. Mm, not so tight. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>